Today we're speaking with Nikki Olson. Nikki is a certified advanced rolfer and rolf movement practitioner. She's also a private trainer and uses the gyrotonic expansion system, yoga, TRX, and kettlebells to support sound structure in the human body. That's just a list of the many, many accomplishments that Nikki has under her belt. An amazing practitioner, amazing teacher, and just really fun to talk to. I really enjoyed uh, our conversation today, and I'm sure you'll also enjoy listening to what she has to say. So, without further ado, let's begin the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Yeah? Yeah. Happy Friday. Happy to the uh, beginning of the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They all blend in. So, yeah. Did you have a good birthday? Yeah, I did actually. Uh, I usually don't love birthdays. It's not. It's just not my thing. And mm-hmm. it was uh, the night before I talked to my girlfriend, and I was like, "I'm not looking forward to having to respond to so many messages." <laughs> but it was actually. I don't want to be loved or liked. Yeah. <laughs> I want to love. I don't want to give any effort back. <laughs> but no, no, it was. Um, it was really nice because because I travel so much. I, I have friends in all parts of the world, so. Even before I went to bed on the twelfth, messages were already coming in, mm-hmm. and and even after um, I went to bed on the thirteenth, and just receiving receiving contacts from people I went to elementary school with, college, different parts of the world, different languages. It was mm-hmm. um, it was really nice, yeah. And my my girlfriend got me some really, uh, so she she really surprised me with some fun things. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, but she's in China, right? Yeah, she's in China, Um, and and a part of me and like there, she went. She got a massage two days ago at a hospital. Mm -hmm. She's like, yeah, things are pretty much like back to normal, and I was like, maybe I want to move to China where I can like, I can work. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm definitely today. I'm definitely missing um, working. Well, working in a way that I want to work. Working yeah. on my computer is not how I want to work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's awesome talking with you. This is not how I want to talk to you. <laughs> you know, I feel like you're like my new virtual pin pal. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, I, I've actually like, uh, maybe that's a good place where we sort of start. I'm one of the reasons I really wanted to get you on uh, on this podcast is I, I had never heard of you uh, before the the Rolf Movement podcast, the uh, the first one, uh, and I was just really um, inspired by by a lot of things. I was inspired by the fact that, and, and we talked about this, that what you were doing was a thought I had, um, but you took it a step further. You took it from a thought and made it a reality. And I think that that's where a lot of us get stuck is we have these great ideas and we just kind of like put it on a list or or like think about it and forget about it. And we don't, we don't grow from there. And you, you were like, okay, this is, this is my idea for like a 10 series and how I work with people. And, and here it is. And it was also not like, this is my idea. And for three easy payments of twenty nine ninety nine, you can have it too. You're like, here, like, let's share. There was this um, authenticity, openness, and caring. And it really, it struck me. So I was like, oh, I want to, um, I want to get you on. Just, I also, the way that you conveyed not just the teachings, but the movements and the the embodiment of it was very um, uh, inspirational way. Because 
I see a lot of teachers who teach or, or practitioners who practice and they're just saying the words and it's missing something in between. And with you, it seemed very much like you, this is your life and you really do embody it and you love it and you're passionate. And I think that's what people want to hear is from um, people who actually care about what they do. And yeah. Um. Well, thanks. Um, <laughs> well, I have to be honest when you and I are talking about um, kind of my journey in becoming a rolfer. When I first started out, I mean, this has essentially been my first and maybe only career, although I've done a bunch of things, but um, I was exposed to rolfing when I was in college for back pain. And um, I thought it was weird. I mean, I thought that rolfing was weird. I was like, yeah, my body feels better, but you know, that was weird. And which is kind of funny because you still kind of hear that a little bit in the community. But it kept on coming back to me because what I really liked about rolfing was the education to promote change. Mm. Not that you're necessarily broken, but you can try on different options. And so that kind of resonated with me also because at the time, my brother, I have a brother who um, became quadriplegic from a cliff diving accident. Wow. And I had learned about occupational therapy. And I loved it. Like I hung out with him a lot during his um, rehab and I was like, this is so cool. So I thought I wanted to go back to school. I was in college and almost finished and a communication major. So it would be a completely shift. Um, so, so then I was, you know, once I'm about to graduate from college, what am I going to do with my life? All these big questions still kind of clueless, but I was like, the occupational therapy just like kept on coming back to me. And then I was remembering my experience as a Rolf or being Rolf. And I was like, well, maybe, maybe I'll go to Rolf training school. And so, and it coincidentally that worked with me because I went to DU for college and the Rolf Institute's in Boulder. Right, so right. it was like, Oh, it's just right there. So, um, so yeah, I went into it kind of just as maybe a trade, like maybe just, it didn't have the initial passion that a lot of students eventually, that's, that they loved it and they wanted to go and be a rolfer. And so I kind of felt like a fraud when I was there because everybody's like, oh my God, it was life changing. It's so amazing. And I was like, yeah, it's cool. But when I went through my training and really learned all the dynamics and what the Institute brings to the work, I was like, okay, you know, I didn't know this right then and there, but this is clearly my path. Mm. And um, so, yeah, I went through the training and loved it and was committed. And um, the, the training I did was the final certification. You could, I went the route where you got the structural part as well as the Rolf movement part. Mm. And yeah, I just have been on a journey ever since with the work and, multi-modality trained yeah, all yeah. all in the name of structural integration yeah i love like when I, when you if anyone looks at your website nikki olson.com uh, which I'll, I'll i'll put in the the, the trailer the tag i don't know the technical name still so people can find you they're like it's um one of the, that's one of the other things i really love about you is it's you're like okay i'm a rolfer but like i want to also continue to learn continue to learn and you just have these like list of 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 things including uh is it gyro is gyroton it's like the 
it has a long name, gyrotonics expansive. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's gyrotonic. Yeah. Yeah. So gyrotonic has, um, that, that's the name for the equipment base. And then there's gyrokinesis, which is non-equipment base. Okay. So kind of like Pilates has their equipment and then and Mac Pilates class. I mean, my yoga wall is another tool for yoga. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I think my interest in all these, these modalities is I love the, I love the equipment aspect of it, but then I also love the authentic non-equipment aspect of it. And, um, cause you know, going back to your, to your opening of me just authentically sharing is, is I truly do believe that movement's for everybody. And, you know, I've had the privilege to be in some of the fanciest movement studios and be led by the, you know, world-renowned instructors that cost an arm and a leg, which, you know, there's some, you know, beauty in that, but also mm -hmm. there's also, you know, just playing around on the floor with friends and just moving. Movement, you know, movement is medicine or movement is, you know, lotion you know, there's truth to that. As cliche as those words may be, movement does do the body good. Yeah, yeah. My 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 favorite my favorite movement class I think is spending time with my niece and nephew and just mm -hmm. having them jump on me and roll around with them and, and have them climb on me and just move in ways that I, I don't normally move in. Um, I'm actually I love I was just looking at on your website and that the location of your office and my first thought was, oh, it's right near where the Boulder Contact Improv is. Because um, okay. and, and I love like Contact Improv for me is finding ways to move that that take me out of my pattern. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, what what was it about gyrotonics that um, like brought you into that, or how did you? Because I think gyrotonics is one of those things that is amazing, but it, it's kind of still on the the outskirts where people aren't don't know as much about it or like afraid of it maybe even mm -hmm. yeah well what i what i loved about it is um the design of the various equipment really gets you in this spiral undulating motions that are can be quite big and dy dynamic and um and may, like maybe challenging for some people who maybe don't twist as much or explore all those different ranges but yet the equipment makes it so safe to explore hmm. so you have the support of the machine so um it, it's just it's beautiful in the way that it supports you and um i i did it with when i first got certified to teach it, I put my brother who's in a wheelchair and the arm, you know, there's these yeah. pulleys that help support the arm and his arms got to explore in all different ranges. So it has a lot of things that I've learned have great therapeutic applications, but I just think the gyrotonic gyrokinesis is just really special in the way it can really move the body. Yeah, yeah. My guess is, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, you probably blend everything together, right? Like, yes, yeah. yes. So it's hard for me. I'm not, wouldn't call myself very disciplined in the sense of like I only hold on to this modality. 
it's just not who I am. I really like to be all over the place because you're working with all different types of people. So the more tools I have, mm -hmm. I think the better ability I have to meet at people where they're at. And um, so that's another interest of why I have all these certs because I, I not only did them for myself as a student and got to benefit the rewards, I, I just found it very um, useful to the Rolfing method. Hmm. So you, do you predominantly see the Rolfing method as your sort of uh, base layer of which you use the, the other, the yoga, the, the Pilates, the gyrotonics, everything, they sort of, you manifest them out of the, the viewpoint of Rolfing or do you have a different um, sort of approach or? Uh, no, absolutely. I think the beautiful thing about Rolfing, what Ida Rolf, Dr. Ida Rolf created, is definitely the 10 series, which is, it's classically known. Um, but the way the 10 series is, it sets you up to look at the body from ground up, outside in, and the principles that are weaved through the 10 series, I think is a really remarkable way of how to look at someone and to create a, a plan to help them get more structurally sound or ease of movement or get out of pain or just explore their body. Just simple mm -hmm. concepts of like, where do you feel support? And we know that, you know, that could be a loaded question or it could really be, Oh, I feel the ground. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, yeah, when I got certified, I, I got really comfortable working non-formalistic because first of all, as a new practitioner, the marketing aspect of, hey, come in and yeah, you gotta do 10 sessions with me. I thought that was a little challenging. Um, so I just was like, come in, let's try one. And what, what was my weakness at the beginning of marketing a 10 series ultimately became a benefit because it served me in the sense that I did a couple of sessions and pretty much got to know their body. They got to learn what it's like to be Rolf. And then they got interested and like, Oh, the, that 10 series, I want to do that. So hmm. I ended up doing a 13 series essentially. With, with a 13 series as in you did three and then you did the 10 or were you doing like the traditional movement uh, 13 series? Oh, that's a Tom Myers. No, no. In, in our training, when we did, um, when we did Oh, our, with the Rolf movement. Yeah. Yeah. Like in between. No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I actually very rarely do a classic Rolf movement session. Pretty much when I do those, it's more when students are trying to earn their Rolf movement sessions. sessions yeah. <laughs> so my <laughs> Rolf movement is, integrated into my structural sessions right so yeah so no i no i didn't be like okay now we're taking a break and we're just going to do movement yeah i i i i'm not rolf movement certified I, I should be in training right now but of course with covid we're we're not in, in boulder but what i sort of took from that and what i took from all of my experience before with different practices was how important i, I try to always bring movement into the into each session so that 
the person's body is finding their way um, and figuring things out. Uh, and it's not just, you know, I forget the names, like not just me just share and tearing, right? Not just me gliding my elbow through things, but actually getting them to, um, to, to integrate in the moment, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty, I'm super excited whenever that time comes that I will get to do the rough movement training because I, I see how, for me, I see how important it is and how I practice. And it's like, I can see when I look, it's like, there's a huge hole for what I, what I, I don't want to say what I don't have because I have stuff, but it, that Rolf Moon is like, when you have that, this whole area can open up on how, how I can help people transform even quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty, yeah. Yeah, I think the Rolf movement is, you know, there's tons of, you know, movement modalities out there, the, the fitness base ones that I kind of have and then you know then there's the whole somatic realm Feldenkrais uh what I what I think is unique about the Rolf movement is because it is still originating from Ida Rolf's ideas Mm. and she she was just brilliant in what she brought to brought to us and you know many years ago and um we can see how many people have, who studied with her went and kind of took her idea and kind of created their own thoughts around it which mm-hmm. I, i'm not there's no judgment around it it's just that that's cool that mm-hmm. people are bringing integrating it in their own way so there's i'm all for sharing as kind of how we got introduced is yeah um you're, you're, you're also speaking of sharing and like you're one of the first people I met you're, that um, actually socializes with a guild member, right? How dare a, a, a Rolf Institute socialize with a guild? Uh, I know. Yeah, with Liz, who hopefully we're going to have on. Rebels! Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's like, it's, it really, there's this, um, there is, there has been this thing in the past, it seems like, where it's like, well, we are this institution and we are this institution and we came from this guy who was in this institution and really this separation. And while Iasi has in some way kind of bridged it together, it still sort of feels like there are these silly, um, silly things. And it's like what you're, how I sort of hear what you're saying is like, people can take this idea and grow with it. And, and we're all still in the same family. And it's like, how do we, how do we learn from, from whatever, if you're seeing something coming from this and I don't see it, how can I listen to what you're saying? I don't have to agree with it, but maybe I can hear that and say, oh yeah, I, I like that. What I'm feeling is a little bit different and just kind of keep growing the work, but out of that same foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, with the Rolf Institute and the Guild, I mean, in a way, it's hard for me to pick sides necessarily mm. because weren't we all, I mean, those two schools, not to go turn this in a historical lesson of, <laughs> of the Rolf Institute, but they, they, there's a disagreement. And, mm. you know, with that, there's a blessing in disguise. A, there was, yeah, unfortunately there was a split, but clearly there was a split in personalities that wasn't really lining up on how to teach it. And we're all different learners. Mm-hmm. I mean, so why not 
go in. I mean, that's the blessing in disguise. Maybe the certain type of learner benefits going to the guild. I don't know so much about how they teach, but I do know that we were, they were all together at one time. And then, um, and then, you know, people can go to Tom Myers. I think what Tom Myers has done uh, has, he really has anchored this work with mainstream fitness Mm -hmm. and um in my fitness journey people are always referencing tom myers Mm -hmm. not the rolf institute (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i I heard of i think i i relatively heard of i I had heard i was doing a yoga training and someone just looked at me and said oh you need to get rolf and i said i don't i don't know what that was and then a few i don't know a year if that later Tom came up and it was Rolfing and I just kind of put the two together like, Oh, this is probably what they're related. And then I, you know, I did a little research, but yeah, Tom is, has done a great job branding uh, to, to the markets for sure. And then, I mean, you also could say like um, Heller work, you don't hear about as much anymore. Um, And then Ed Maupin, which is, uh, he had a school in South uh, Southern California. I think it's no longer there. I mean, there were a lot of sort of schools. There still is a a pretty good school of, Soma, I think in Pacific Northwest. And a friend of mine from, she was in my training. She went to a school in California called the new school, like the new school of structural integration or something. Mm-hmm. And it looked, um, I had a great, great course curriculum. So there are other, there are other schools, um, but there's only one Institute. <laughs> there is one. I mean, as much as I do like, Hey, everybody, let's get along, everybody. But I still, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little righteous about, I'm a rolfer. Yeah. yeah. I pay the membership. I pay the dues. <laughs> you, so. you, you, you also have one of the coolest rolfing t-shirts I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I really think, and I know you made them, I think you said for a class, but I think you should, should, I actually have this idea that you should sell them and we should sell it when like, when you do your movement, um, you know, because you're in Boulder. So when people come and they need movement and they see Nikki, you wear your rolfing shirt because people will like that and then they'll buy a shirt. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I wore that shirt. I had a couple of different versions I made and I was wearing, I wore it to the gym to work out and someone just looked at me and said, I love rolfing too. And I was like, what vibe am I getting out? What? I love rolfing too. And I was like, oh, duh. I'm wearing a shirt that says I love rolfing. Yeah. That's like, I always, I always say, I, I like to call people by their names. And so if someone has a name tag, instead of saying, hey, you, I'll always be like, oh, hey, Nikki. And then you catch some people and they're like, uh, do I know you? And you're like, no, you have a name tag. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to keep these, these podcasts not, not, not too, too long. I really want to have it so that it's... Um, it's a little bit of information for people, for, for rolfers, for anyone who's interested in body work, for people who are maybe interested in rolfing, and just a way to have, to share information. I don't know if there's anything more that, that you want to say. Well, what's on my mind in terms of, well, since this is kind of talking a lot about movement mm-hmm. and this the, being in a pandemic and a lot of us aren't able to work or if we are working it's possibly pretty risky Mm. in the the beginning of the pandemic there's a lot of questions of like how do we continue doing the work and especially virtually and um so the big question is can you change structure without touch and i very much think you can Mm. of course it's not the same 
therapeutic relationship that you would have when you're one-on-one and have that, you know, closeness, the therapeutic framework of a, a closed room. But I do think there is something kind of special in, in navigating this. I'm careful of not saying, oh, it was something special about a pandemic. Certainly not. But well, something special. <laughs> <laughs> but something special in, in nudging us. So we have this mm. you know, constraint of like, how do we work? And so for some of us, we get nudged in, how do we still promote change in someone's structure? How do we get, get support for our clients? get adaptability and, and it is back to, you know, movement. There's so many ways we can guide change by simply asking a client to try on a pattern or mm. to try on an exercise in the way that we do. We, I mean, we nudge our, the tissue with our tools of our hands, soft fist or elbow or however, but we can do that with our language. And I think, a big part of movement, and especially I think what we're talking about, Rolf movement, is that it's not just about do this exercise. It's about coaching them in a way that gets them to check in with introspection and how do they view themselves? How does that movement feel in their body? And so much about the work is what stories does our body tell us? through movement and and when we have that dialogue with ourselves change happens our our structure gets to to shift a little bit and i think that's really important for for us as as rolfers is we have these tools and um and not to shy away from it because it's not what we're used to i mean rolfing one of the principles is adaptability yeah. We have to adapt and it's hard, you know, it's frustrating. And I get there's a financial, you know, dilemma around that because, you know, a lot of people's livelihoods are, you know, going to be um, greatly affected because of lack of income. I mean, for me, I just got into an office space and I'm not working and I don't, for me personally, I don't feel that it's time yet to mm-hmm. be that close with somebody. Um, just to be curious, that feeling um, is a, you feel that when, it, when you say that you don't feel it, is that a felt sense you have? Yeah, there's a couple of things around it is, I think a cloth face mask is fine to, you know, go around the neighborhood and walks and public places. But in all those areas, you can still maintain social distance. Mm-hmm. With, you know, our work, there's no social distancing. You're, you're right, you're snub, not snuggled up, but you're, you're with them. They're mm-hmm. on a treatment day and your hands are touching. So um, there's a, that level of intimacy that is not, I'm not ready to, for that exposure mm-hmm. to, to a virus that's new. I don't know how it's going to, to affect me. So the, the need to start working right away does not meet the risk that right. could potentially this illness could, you know, forever affect my, my body if I were to get it. And you have two kids. 
I have two kids and you know, there's, there's all these things. And it's also like, I would feel terrible if I'm asymptomatic and I gave it to somebody. Right. So there's, there's, it's uh, the community response that I, you know, I, I'll have to figure it out of how to reap the rewards and overcome this financial burden of having a space that I'm not earning income on. Um, so, but you know, with the clients that I have, um, you know, some of them are really open and have this space to, to, to do this kind of work virtually and it's, Mm -hmm. it's working. And, um, so, and it's fun. I, I kind of like the challenge a little bit. And I also think there's something that maybe, so I still, even though it's not the therapeutic framework that we're trained with of having an office space, but I do think there's something kind of unique of providing support at a distance. Mm -hmm. Someone can be in their own space in their own world and not have that variable of, oh, there's a, the practitioner is watching me. The Mm -hmm. practitioners, I mean, so it can, the, the, the not seeing has their own benefits of exploring the work with, you kind of remove the power paradigm of, client practitioner it's mm-hmm. more of like here's a here's a friend in the room with me guiding me yeah and instead of i'm i'm walking to your room where this is your domain i'm now essentially giving a lot of my power up to you instead it's like i'm in my domain this is my comfort zone i actually and um yeah it's, it's interesting because i i've been doing a few online sessions because uh most of my clients live in europe middle east and asia so there's no way I could work with them except via distance at this point because of my travels. Uh, but, I, and I was really hesitant to it and I kind of uh, pushed, you know, through it to say, okay, this is uncomfortable. Let's see what that uncomfortability is saying. If it doesn't work, I don't have to do it. If it does. And surprisingly, and it, it's worked really well. Um, and I'm wondering now how much is that, that they're in a, in an environment where they are, more safe in some ways and therefore the work can actually uh, land in some ways easier Um, and again it's giving them also you know there's there's a lot of talk in the rolfing world about like uh, teaching someone versus doing or like in the body work world really you know do you I, i think you and i want clients who do the work and almost like you can say you don't want them to come back because you want them to be like healed i use air quotes you know you want them to be that that they are self-sufficient that they don't that you're no longer a crutch for them um absolutely that's kind of part of i feel like my part of my mission statement in terms of seeing myself as a practitioner is i really like this work because i do feel like it can empower people to be authority of their own body Um, it's, it's good to have a coach and someone to guide you if you need it in your blind spots. I mean, there's definitely that benefit, but it's, it's, as much as I really liked a lot of people I work with and it definitely Mm -hmm. serves me that they keep on coming back and coming back. Um, when that does happen, we just name it and, and, and I, I get it too. Some people are like, I want you to do this. Mm-hmm. I am getting benefit. You're holding me accountable. Just make, make me feel good. Fix mm-hmm. me. 
And, and then that was a lot in New York City where a lot of people were really busy in their life and had all these to-dos and just kind of the hustle bustle of the city that it was, I never saw myself as this or the, the, the space that I had because it was in the middle of Union Square. It was in a big, busy building. But people would come in and they're like, oh, just the, this, this, being able to have a space to mm. remove all the, the intensity of the city. That alone, I think, had its own therapeutic benefit of, <laughs> to their nervous system <laughs> that they, they could just step into a, a quiet area. And, and, and I think also my personality was, I, you know, I, I could hold that balance of being riding the, the, the intense waves of the city and then also mm -hmm. kind of stepping out of the current and being like, okay, let's, let's just remove ourselves and have, a, you know, embodiment moment. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I had clients that just were like, you know, this is, this is what I need. And I don't want to have to think about it. I just want to come see you, pay you, feel better, and I'll see you next week. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think also the point is it's about meeting your client. I always think it's about meeting your client where they are. And mm -hmm. ideally, you kind of want to take them one or two steps beyond that, right? But you have to titrate it. You don't just be like, okay, you're, you're at step one, and we're going to get to step 100 by the end of the class. It's like, mm -hmm. no, you need to – some people are going to walk faster, and some people are not. And – finding that that balance of being like well okay well you know with you we're going to go slower with this other person we'll have 10 sessions and 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 he'll be good he or she will be good and they won't be coming back and this other person uh, i might see them for five six 20 years even and there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that because if they are getting benefit out of it even if and, and as long as they think they're doing some work even if that work is like and you know for those people in new york they that work sometimes it's just being like I'm going to step away from my office for an hour. Mm -hmm. like, like for, I lived in New York. I get it. Some people might not get it, but like making time for yourself in New York is actually a, a big thing. Yes. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's hard to put it. It's hard to, things are not binary. It's hard to put a label on what the person is, is doing. And sometimes we get stuck in our own model of seeing, or we're looking at our clients and it might be like, Oh, I'm not getting the chain and this person isn't doing that. I'm doing it all myself, but actually they're, you know, they're doing a lot, but we just don't always see it from their view. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you mentioned change, which reminded me of when people ask, like, what's the difference between rolfing and massage mm. and a lot of kind of the elevator spiel on it is that you get lasting change. Mm. And when you step away from, so when I moved from New York, to Colorado, essentially I stepped away from my practice. And with the beauty of social media, I have had clients who reach out and they're like, you know what? I was reminded of you, that thing that bothered me that still doesn't bother me and I'm so impressed. And so that, and that came from clients who we just worked through whatever issue they had and also with the people who were seeing me on a regular. And I kind of wondered if like, because they weren't stepping away from the work and kind of embodiment and trying it on and kind of owning what worked and what didn't, if, if I was just kind of doing maintenance with them constantly. 
And so it was cool to hear from some of those kind of regular clients too, that, that the work is lasting. Mm. And so. Yeah, that's awesome. I love um, when you get those emails out of the blue or messages and you're just sort of like, uh, whoa, like I, I almost forgot about that person and they, uh, they, they were really affected in a positive way. That's, that's, yeah, I love that sort of stuff. Um, so good. I'm sure there's a lot of people you positively affected because uh, I mean the people listening to the podcast won't be able to see, but when you talk, it's it's great to, um, that I can see you because when you talk about what you're passionate about, you just light up, and it's it's just it is this beautiful like uh, passionate embodied thing about when I think you care so much about what you do and and how you uh, want to affect people. And that it just comes through as this loving, wonderfully embodied, impassioned radiance uh, that is and is 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 great. And I think that's why um, many people do have uh, positive effects afterwards. And you'll continue to get e emails later. Who knows? You mm -hmm. may even you, you may you may get someone who's like, I was wondering about you, and I found you on this random podcast, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, That'd well, be great. Yeah. That'd be great. Um, I, um, I want to honor, make sure we honor time. I think one of the problems with us is that we can really actually talk for a while uh, because mm -hmm. we, we are both passionate about this stuff. Uh, but I, I have a feeling as this, hopefully this podcast continues to grow, I actually have some questions I want to ask you that I'm going to maybe save for another time because I think you'd be really great at it. But um, we're already at a little over a half hour, almost 40 minutes and. I really, for me, one of the whole things is to keep these not too long because I want it to say that people can kind of tune in and tune out, but they don't have to feel like they're like giving, like, oh, you know, when I see hour and a half, two hour podcasts in my queue, I get anxious. I'm like, I have to, <laughs> I have to, I have really? to listen to that. Yeah. So, um, so. Well, back into the honor of a rolfing session, there's a start, middle, and an end. Yeah. That yeah. Closure. Yeah, so we'll, we'll be a closure to, for today. But already, uh, do you know the triplets protocol thing? Did you learn that? It was, um, it's sort no. of, I had it with Ray. He talked about that. And it was, it's in one of the journals. I'll see if I can find it for you. But it's sort of, it's like when you're doing one, you're already looking at how the sessions, uh, part of oh, yes, um, yes. one, two, three, one, three, yes, five. And yes. So we're, fin we're closing off podcast one, but I'm already looking at the effects of what's going to happen in the integration into podcast number two with, with you in the future <laughs> so great. so super great so yeah nikki thank you for your time thank you it was a yeah. pleasure cool so many thanks to nikki olson for our talk today you can find more about her at nikki olson.com that's n-i-k-k-i-o-l-s-e-n.com also, many thanks to Explorers Society for the music we use in the podcast. You can find more about them on Spotify by searching Explorers Society. I hope everyone has a great day out there, and we'll catch you next time.